0: Hey, I wanted to let you know about an upcoming free masterclass to heal anxiety. Now this is especially for those of you who have tried many other programs or interventions and you feel like there's just something missing, like these treatments or therapies just keep missing the mark. Or for those of you who've been told that you just need to manage your anxiety and you know that this is utter BS because no one wants to just manage with disruptive anxiety forever. So this masterclass is sharing inside secrets of what it means to truly heal anxiety by understanding the three parts of anxiety and how these are causing problems. The link is in the show notes to register for free. See you there. Have you ever wondered why anxiety just won't budge? Like, what is it doing here anyway? Welcome to the Ease Anxiety Podcast. I'm Deanta Fuchs, a psychologist turned international anxiety coach, and I'm on a mission to share a new perspective on anxiety that puts you firmly back in control of your life so that anxiety no longer interrupts you. So grab your cuppa, get comfy, and listen in as we demystify, destigmatize, and deconstruct what you think you know about anxiety so that you can finally do what you have struggled with for so long ease anxiety for good. Welcome back to the Ease Anxiety Podcast. In today's episode, we're going to look at this idea of the inner child. What is it anyway, and what has it got to do with anxiety? Now, the inner child is a concept, like many others, that get thrown around loosely, and for the most part, people feel a little cringy when we talk about having to deal with the inner child. In fact, even in my own therapy, and I do a lot of this work with my therapy clients, when I have to raise the concept of the inner child, even I begin to cringe a little bit. I don't know why that is, maybe because pop culture has made it out to be this really weird idea, but let's talk about the inner child and the role that it plays in anxiety and why it might be important for us to maybe pay a little more attention to it without that kind of rolling the eyes attitude. There are many schools of thought in psychology that help us to understand how people become the way they do, why they do the things they do, or how they develop the mental health conditions that they do. But one thing that tends to be fairly consistent across the board is that people come with a history. And our history affects who we become in our current day. There are many schools of thought in psychology that help us to understand why people become the way they do, why they do the things they do, or why they develop the mental health conditions that they develop. But one thing that is quite consistent across the board is the idea that people come with a history and that that history and past experiences contribute to the reasons they make decisions in their current life. So it doesn't really matter which school of thought you're going to follow. They're all going to point back to our past experiences. And the big thing that happens here is that we carry with us memories of those past experiences. Now, many psychologists nowadays will refer to those parts that we carry with us as our inner child. In particular, if some of the trauma that we've experienced or the big impactful experiences or memories that we have come from a childhood time, then often when that memory or that experience gets re-triggered in our current life, it brings up the part of self that experienced that way back when. So in a way, if a seven-year-old me had an experience of falling out of a tree and breaking my leg and feeling really pained and having to go to hospital and finding this to be quite an anxiety-provoking experience, then the adult me, when I fall from a tree, maybe I don't hurt myself, will respond to that experience as a seven-year-old because it's the seven-year-old me that remembers what I went through at the time of that trauma. Now we can begin to think of our early experiences as the things that create the building blocks for how we perceive our environment today. In many ways, human beings, all they want is find love and acceptance and to avoid feeling like crap. And so we take on all of our experiences to teach us what we need to do to avoid feeling like crap and to find that love and acceptance. And of course, feeling like crap means not falling out of a tree. So if I have an experience where that happened and I hurt myself, my brain is going to store all the ways in which I should not do that again, which trees not to climb, which trees are going to look dangerous, and of course, how to avoid getting hurt in the future. This is what your anxiety brain does by and large, right? It takes your past experiences and the things that you have been through and it stores the ones that were uncomfortable or traumatic or unsafe as things never to be repeated again. And then it evaluates your environment all the time, trying to see if there are situations that look or feel similar to the past experiences that you've been through. And the minute it sees that something looks like it could go the same way, well, then it's going to ring the alarm bells, of course, and get you to pay attention. Your anxiety wants to keep you safe. It does not want you to experience those past experiences again. The thing is that a lot of those past experiences happened when we were children. I remember growing up. I used to love climbing trees. I was a bit of a tomboy and I loved spending time outside. I'm not quite sure why trees are really coming up as examples in this episode, but bear with me. And so I used to have this massive avo tree in the backyard of our house when I was around eight or nine. And I loved this tree. I would climb into this tree and I would imagine that different parts of the tree were different rooms in my house and that I would have different beings that lived in this tree with me. A little bit like Enid Blyton's magic faraway tree. Anyway, point is, I love this tree. It was massive. And there was this one branch that hung just slightly lower than the rest. And it was this this lonely little branch that was the perfect size for my hands to grip around, but just strong enough to hold my weight. And in this tree, that was my emergency escape. So if anything was happening in my tree, obviously in my imagination, I would grip hold onto this branch and I would swing out of the tree, drop to the ground and go running. Unfortunately for me and the relationship with my tree, my parents decided to move from that house and we moved away multiple times. But I did have the privilege of returning to that house when I was much older in my early adulthood and I saw this tree again and suddenly I was surprised to see how small that tree really was. Fair, it was a big tree, but it was nowhere near as big as it had been in my mind. I looked up at this tree and I saw that tiny branch and I thought, gosh, that's a really small branch. I couldn't understand how, in my mind, I had created these different rooms and areas of this tree. But this is a clear example of how children perceive the world in such a different way to adults. Things that seem huge to children are just normal to adults. People that are huge to children are normal to adults. And in the same way, the experiences that we have as children that feel frightening or uncomfortable or sad feel really intense as children. But as an adult, if you had to look back at that event and see it through the lens of an adult's rational thinking, you wouldn't think that it would require such an intense experience, right? It wouldn't seem as scary, potentially, to an adult as it does to a child. Now, why is this important? Because a lot of the time, the experiences that we have in our current life will trigger memories that we had of a similar experience when we were little. And if that experience happened when you were three or four or seven or ten, it's going to take you back to the response that you had at that age. You're not going to respond to the current event as an adult. You're going to come at it as a child. This is really important because when we begin to think about our inner child, we begin to understand why we sometimes respond in ways that don't seem logical or rational or even in respect to or relative to the experience that we might be having right now. This work is just so powerful, and I love doing this work with my clients in my coaching programs because they begin to see how their anxiety actually stems from an earlier experience in childhood. And when they truly begin to tap into that experience, they begin to realize that their anxiety itself is like a very small, scared child. When you can begin to see your anxiety in this way, you can begin to take on a self-compassionate perspective, right? Remember what we spoke about last week. It moves us from seeing our anxiety as this big monstrous beast that's come to take over our lives to viewing it as this small scared child that isn't really seeing the world through rational adult eyes. When you can see your anxiety that way, it allows you to position yourself as a compassionate adult, that can take care of the anxiety rather than the anxiety being something that's running the show for you. Now, when we want to shift anxiety, understanding that in a child is really important because it forms part of the root cause of your anxiety. Now, you may or may not know that there are three parts to anxiety becoming stuck. The first is that anxiety itself isn't really the problem. Anxiety is just asking you to pay attention to the actual problem. So it is the symptom of an underlying problem. And unless you can really heal that underlying root cause, your anxiety is going to keep ringing those bells to get you to pay attention. And then as those bells keep ringing, then of course we begin to pay our attention to the anxiety itself, and we become anxious about being anxious, which gets us stuck in this looping cycle where we keep generating more anxiety. And then, as this continues over a period of time, our central nervous system becomes dysregulated, and it puts us into sympathetic activation, which effectively is that fight-or-flight response. And as you know, when we're in the fight-or-flight response, we tend to interpret the world in a different way, which keeps us in a fight-or-flight response. So with these three main areas of anxiety, it's really important that we address all three of them. Many therapists or programs out there will tend to focus on only one of the aspects, So either they will give you lots of strategies to regulate your central nervous system, which really is very valuable, but unless we're also stopping anxiety about anxiety, we're going to continue experiencing a level of sympathetic activation. And similarly, we have lots of programs that will help you to identify that root cause and to heal that inner child. But if we aren't stopping anxiety about anxiety or regulating the central nervous system as well, we're going to find ourselves consistently stuck in looping cycles of anxiety. So, It is important, even if we want to roll our eyes at the idea of an inner child, we need to go back. We need to identify where this anxiety originates from, what is the root cause, and what is the part of self that is being triggered when our anxiety comes up. Now don't worry if you feel a little lost with this or it feels a little overwhelming. Of course, this is not always easy to try and figure out by yourself. And I highly recommend that you reach out to your Own therapist or your own coach to try to do the deeper exploration. If you don't have anyone that you're working with, feel free to send me a DM, and we can sign you up for an anxiety audit. It's a 90-minute once-off session where we do the deep dive to really understand the root cause of your anxiety, identify that inner child, and begin to change your perception towards your anxiety. As cringy as inner child work might seem. I can tell you that it is truly a powerful process and I highly recommend it if you really want to heal your anxiety. Thank you so much for spending time with me again today. I will see you in our next episode next week. Before you go, I have a quick announcement. I am looking for 15 people that are ready to truly heal their anxiety. Like people who have tried other strategies and they know that there is more to overcoming anxiety than just managing it. I have a brand new mentorship program opening up, and I can only take 15 people who are ready to invest in themselves and reclaim their lives for good. We're going to heal the root cause of anxiety, stop anxiety about anxiety, and regulate the central nervous system in a fully comprehensive 12-week program. Now, if this sounds like you, then please use the link in the show notes to hop on the waitlist and I'll let you know when enrolment opens. So that wraps up today's episode, and I have a huge favor to ask. If you found any value in what you heard today, please be sure to leave a review. I assure you it is not to stroke my ego, although it does help me to know that you love the show, but to help the algorithms get this episode into the hands of others who might need it. Make sure you follow the Ease Anxiety Podcast so that you never miss a future episode. And lastly, I really love to connect. So find me on TikTok or Instagram and be sure to say hi. All the links are found below in the show notes. Thanks for tuning in.